This is Overture, the Prelude Podcast. Welcome to the Prelude Podcast. My name is Chris Willis, and I'm a principal security researcher here at Prelude. And today, I have a special guest, Wasim, our intern, our new intern. Uh, Wasim, you want to give an introduction of yourself? Yeah. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Wasim Ababa. I'm uh, the new intern here at Prelude. It's been uh, uh, it's been a, a very very fun two weeks so far. <laughs> uh, so so definitely a, a new experience for me. Yeah. Like and and so Wasim, we we both know each other from you know being going to the same university, so University of South Florida, and we. We have been a part of the infamous club that gets talked about sometimes on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, so Whiteheaders Computer Security Club or WCSC. Yep. Um, and so we have done the whole student org. I was a president. You're now president of WCSC. Yep. Um, so that's the connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's been first two weeks of the well. It's, it's two weeks, right? Two weeks is internship. Yeah, two weeks tomorrow. So yeah. 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 And then be here for most of the summer. So yeah, pretty much all <laughs> of it actually. Yeah. Um, I think it ends like right before I start school again. So like I get zero summer this year, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be gone before you do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I literally feels like I started yesterday. So I feel like it's gonna be it's me going on for a while. So I'm I'm not gonna entirely ask you how your internship has been going so far because you've only been here for one basically shippable instrument. Uh yeah. so yeah. <laughs> it would be uh, uh, a little too soon. Um but you know in terms of of coming to prelude like what was the thing that drove you to do an internship um and uh what are you looking forward to the most yeah um so those those are some great questions <laughs> so uh, so coming to prelude i i'm a sophomore well I, I keep saying i'm a sophomore i tell everybody this i just finished my sophomore year so i'm going into my junior year it was logical that i did an internship before that because I felt that I was a little bit more advanced than everybody in, in like my, I guess, grade, um, my year. Cause I do have my OSCP. I just got it last month. So, um, I, I felt like I, I am capable of starting an internship a little bit sooner. So, uh, uh, I looked around, applied a lot of places, got a few offers, one of them being here. Um, and I ended up going here because of the offensive security aspect. And that's really one of the main things that I was looking at interning because that's the background I was coming from and a lot of scripting, um, my entire GitHub scripts. I don't think I have a single full project on hand. So, um, security engineering was definitely the thing I wanted to do. So coming into the security engineer intern was 
just a huge plus that brought me here. And then also, you know, having a WCSC president, um, <laughs> already be as a, a, a part of the team is, is always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have a, we have a few, uh, so there's another WCSC person that works yeah. at Prelude. I'm not going to say who he is because, uh, that, they, they like to be a little bit more incognito. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few, few people from Whiteheaders and I'm sure will gain more as time goes on. Hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. yeah. White, you have a Whiteheaders employee. You're, you're in good hands. You got, you got a good employee. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've built a lot of empires at, of, uh, over, over the time of, of, uh, the club's existence since 17 years, 17 years, six. Yeah. yeah. Five. yeah. <laughs> um, so with every person that comes on the podcast, we ask a few questions. Um, yeah. so, uh, our first question is, uh, so what security technology or concept or something you're working on, uh, would you like to see changed? Um, or would like to see better in the next year? Yeah. So, uh, so this one's a tough one to answer because I really feel like I haven't seen too much. So, you know, as I'm, I'm 20 years old, I've, this is my first internship and I've, I've done a lot of security related stuff and those stuff are all related to school and the club. So we're talking CTF and cyber defense competitions. Um, and I do have to say that a lot of my learning in general has come from YouTube, hack the box, try hack me. A lot of it is self-taught. Um, and, 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 and that's speaking as a college student as well in the cybersecurity program, at USF. So it's more so that I, that I would rather that universities don't stick to, um, so the universities right now, as they are, they're very streamlined in the way they provide courses. It is, it's a very slow process as I've heard that yeah. by the time the course actually gets finalized and out, the, the, the content is, is already, is already outdated, especially in security. Cause like daily yeah, you get to learn new so, things so quickly. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So, um, so like, that's why you're forced to kind of learn on thing, places like try hack me and hack the box because their stuff is always updated and, um, you know, playing CTF also is always a good place to learn. So what I would like changed, I guess, is the way universities do their classes, because, um, I would like that the average student that doesn't play CTF and doesn't do a lot of stuff on their own time to actually get a degree and know what they're doing yeah. rather than get a degree and not know anything and actually get firsthand experience for the first time when they get a job as a, I don't know, like a, as a entry level SOC analyst. And they're yeah. finally like, Oh my God, I don't know any of this. <laughs> yeah. You came. So, you know, you, so I left USF, uh, in 2017. So I was there between 2010 and 2017. And during that time, uh, there was only maybe, uh, two or three courses, um, that was a part of, you know, computer security or cybersecurity, um, that were a part of, uh, an engineering. Uh, there was actually a few more that were a part of business. Um, but maybe it only, you know, maybe one or two more. So we're talking maybe five courses throughout the entire university that 
taught that yet we had been one of the first clubs in security um, that was in existence. So um, in a lot of ways we were ahead of this ahead of time from a club standpoint, but from the university just always, you know, had took some time to catch up and universities are still getting to that point where there's still very small amount of security courses, but there's a lot more money going on. And uh, like, I see where you're at and say, holy smokes, like there's so many security courses now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, but yeah, you, you know, you're, you're totally right. Like when, when I was uh, on my way out, so 2016, 2017, um, they were just doing the master's program. Um, and so uh, I was part of the security master's program. I was like one of the first students to do it, but I also got to see the accreditation part and it takes forever. Like, like you said, like, and it's a lot of money and they have to recruit their, their, their costs. Like people don't really realize, like sometimes to develop courses, uh, at least for graduate programs. And it's actually worse for, for undergrads because undergrads, you have to have more accreditation process that, um, sometimes your, your content that a professor would make or their professor and, and a few other people that have to basically validate that work. Um, it takes months to a year at least. Um, and it can be a lot of money. Like we're talking, you know, upwards of at the low end, a hundred thousand dollars to most, a lot of times, you know, sometimes gets into the, the, the 500,000 to $600,000 just to accreditate a course, uh, or, or a few courses for a professor. Um, and so at that point they kind of ride the ship, (laughs) you know, they teach that course for as long as they can. Um, until it's completely and utterly outdated and they have to, to do the content over again. And yeah. when you get to research universities, it becomes even worse because it's like the professor wants to do research. <laughs> they don't want to teach courses. Uh, and I'm sure you see that at USF some, you know, yeah. with some professors, they, they want to, they want to do the research. They don't really want to teach courses. They're this, they're there, uh, to, to bring in money for the university. Yeah. Um, and they just happen to have to teach courses cause it's in their, well. it's in their tenured ship that they have to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and another interesting point, I guess uh, I can mention, and I'll, I'll speak for USF rather than every university here where, <laughs> where I guess in that process where they accredit the courses, they don't, um, think about other courses because, Um, and, and what I mean by that is if one course starts off their first three chapters of Linux basics, uh, every other course in that (laughs) degree should not start off their course with Linux basics, especially when that course is in your sophomore year. So that's a problem we have right now. (laughs) And here I'm thinking, I'm like, well, at least you had Linux basics, like, holy smokes, (laughs) 90% of the students who used to come through whiteheaders didn't even know what Linux was. (laughs) And I'm sure that's still the case. No, we still have that problem. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone the, is very fluent in Cali Linux. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first day, like get out, get out your computers, and we're gonna we're gonna teach you how VMs work and how Linux operates. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, like you know, it's 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 an unfortunate thing where academia always has to end up playing this catch up game, and as a student and and being a part of student organization, like. Um, you end up having to fill the gaps of of that uh, missed knowledge. Um, too many students, 
to give a really good example, remember a, a company that was a part of um, part of the university that um, they would they would tend to hire interns that came out of our our club because uh, uh-huh. they were doing security stuff, and then uh, they would also. Uh, go to more elite colleges <laughs> and try to recruit interns there. And what they always found was that the people from WCSC, not to toot our own horn, tend to do better <laughs> uh, because we always had the time to be able to do that. That's yeah. one of the nice yeah. things is like USF tends to not have too rigorous of coursework. Um, yeah, I think I it's gotten better over time, um, but uh, they usually give you enough time to be able to go do other things and right. uh the students that you know go through engineering and go through whiteheaders or they go through ieee or they go through like we have a really cool like thing on like um uh like racing like cars i don't know if you've ever seen that like the the doom buggy thing <laughs> no I've, I've never seen that oh it's like i think i don't, I don't want to I don't want to say the club wrong. I think it was like IMSA or something like that, but they, they basically like would the students would build these dune buggies and then like race them um, on campus. No, no, like, okay. like actual like races, I see, I see. like with, uh, yeah. with other like students from other clubs and stuff like that. Um, it was always really cool. Yeah. Uh, but the students that always, you know, participated and did those things, they tend to be better off um, than the students who just kind of like sit around and like, you know, <laughs> just be a standard college students go to classes every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of that, like, you know, from WCSC standpoint was the CTFs and like doing DEF CON CTF or yeah, yeah. Um, during my time, there was Boston Key Party and there was uh, Ghost in the Shell. And yeah. um, unfortunately, those are are not around anymore. I don't think. No, um, no. And then there was uh, always Seesaw. So yeah, uh, NYU Poly puts on Seesaw. Um, did you do Seesaw uh, last I year? I didn't, but we're doing it this year. I think it's in October, I want to say, or September, one of them. Um, yeah. For, for those that are not aware, like Seesaw is... it. So it was always considered to be one of the better CTFs to get students to start off doing a CTF. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of changed. Um, so like it's, I think it's a little bit more difficult than what it used to be. <laughs> I think all CTFs have gone a little more difficult in general. Yeah. Because, definitely. Yeah. Go because ahead. the, the, the general skill cap, like when you first started like SQL inject, like when SQL injections first started becoming a thing and like becoming normal to see in CTFs, it's like, oh my God, you know, like this really cool, insane technique that you know, can bypass that thing. But, but now like a SQL injection is just, it's like one of the basics, right? So, so CTFs in general have become more difficult. Like we just played in a hack the box CTF, um, like last weekend. And like, what's interesting to me is I've been playing CTF for a while. And fun fact, I actually used to hate CTF because I thought it was like, it was too unrealistic. And now that I'm actually doing like, I'm, not working i'm interning and i'm like oh i see all of the, i've seen all of this before which is really interesting <laughs> so anyways um what's interesting is that like the hack box etf will mark like this which i thought was a really cool like um uh xss 
which is a basic XSS document, like dot cookie steal. And then, um, to changing a UID as you're logging in, which usually would, you know, you'd mark that as like a medium level CTF. Cause it's a multiple tier, like step, it's a multiple step process to actually, um, succeed and get the flag. Right. That, something like that would be like a medium tier, but you know, that was marked as easy. And like, there's another one where you had to download the Docker files and you had to really look deep and actually understand that the, the package that was a node package that they were using was vulnerable to RCE. And that's not something you usually see in a CTF. Um, because usually a CTF, it's like, just break it. Um, whereas in, in the hack box one was very focused on getting remote code execution on every single one of these challenges of the web ones, at least, um, which I thought was interesting, but also all these challenges were marked as easy, which yeah. I'm not saying I had, I had a tough time doing at all, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, what I think of easy is, uh, uh, like, uh, quote or one equals one. And that's, you're yeah. logged in you get the flag. Yeah, that's yeah. what's easy <laughs> in my head. You know, I don't, I like thinking about like setting up your own web server and hosting it on a public public IP or whatever, and then making sure you get the cookie and then bypassing the cookie. And then, you know, that multiple multi-step process and actually having to think <laughs> rather than remembering that one payload and use it. I think that <laughs> should move up to medium, but over, you know, I guess they disagree, which I actually agree with them. Like they were still easy. Like I still knew what I knew, what I, you know, what to do, but in general, I think all CTFs have gone harder because everyone's just gone better. I think yeah. that's what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah. One of, one of the, uh, um, hosts, uh, that ran DEF CON CTF, his name is Salir. Um, yeah. he, he once told me, he's like, you used to be able to get into DEF CON, uh, CTF if you knew how to do a buffer overflow and <laughs> there's no way you can get into DEF CON CTF. If you just know how to do a buffer overflow anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 uh, there has been an exponential, um, uh, increase in difficulty in CTFs. And it's actually one of, I think it's an actual problem that we have in CTF where, um, it's, it's actually when you're making CTFs as well, it's, it's easy to make hard CTFs. Yeah. Um, it is not easy to make easy CTFs or medium CTFs. And we need, we need those in the, in the CTF community. Um, thinking of a really amazing CTF that only I think happened for one year. Um, and they kept it up for a while and I'm sure it's down now, but it was called ice CTF. Um, and that CTF in particular, um, I think that was around 2016, 2015 time. Um, but they, what they did was they were like, Oh, you know, we're going to make like, you know, 50 or 60 challenges, which is usually not what happens in a CTF, especially for one that just happened for one year. <laughs> and the majority of them were, you know, easy to medium challenges. And it was fantastic for, you know, WCSC because then that meant that you could, you could actually send students to these CTFs and actually do them. Yeah. Uh, and, and like they could get the confidence, right? That's the problem. You know, you've put, you, you start off, uh, you know, from WCSC, like you're, you're a freshman, you're coming in 
yeah. you have this interest in security and this happens with every single university yeah. that like that has like you know a security club or whatever and you get to august so two weeks after you start <laughs> is seesaw hits yeah and seesaw is not e- the easy ctf anymore <laughs> And that's that's still, you know, when I think of Seesaw, I still think, you know, at least it's doable CTF. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and, and and that's where students start. And so, like, there needs to be some awareness, um, even from the CTF community. That's like, how can we get, you know, how can we get people involved and to start them out? And so they don't go into a situation where it's like solve these binary challenges and they're like i I don't know what i'm doing right you don't know where to start yeah don't know where to start and um you you don't even get the interest or the like yeah people you know (laughs) i guarantee you've seen this from wcse it's like if you start people off with something extremely hard or difficult to understand uh is the next like the next meeting you have <laughs> half half your half the people are gone right yeah <laughs> and so if we want to get people in the, uh, the community we want to get more people of uh of color into the community more people uh, uh more women into the into the community yeah um we have to make things accessible mm-hmm. and and really get people involved and and have that sense of uh, accomplishment early on, yeah. Uh, and then kind of push them forward. And I think I think there's definitely realization within the CTF community <laughs> that there needs to be easier CTFs. Yeah. Um, but it's always daunting when uh, you're, especially your, you know, for college students in their first time, they may may have been exposed to CTF for. Uh, at all like is the road to defcon <laughs> um that's where all the defcon ctfs uh and and qualifiers are and so yeah. from august to to may uh or august to june is when all of the hardest ctfs are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and so it's it's always difficult to do um and certainly um you know, for anybody out there that's that is looking to do CTFs or wants to do CTFs or get into that community, there is certainly uh, there's so many CTFs now. Right. Um, but uh, keep working at it and keep 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 jamming on them, even if you go to CTF and it's you know, yeah, whether it be too easy or too hard, um, keep keep jamming away because uh, you do end up learning a ton uh, from weekend yeah. to weekend. <laughs> I do want to add to that. Um, I think a really good place um, that people can learn and, you know, for everyone listening as well, that um, you're able to access at a very consistent plate, uh, very consistent rate is war games. Um, no, things yeah. like over the wire, um, yeah. they are easy and they are meant to teach you. Right. So, so like with bandit, that's the one that's, I'm thinking of the top of my head, bandit on over the wire um, oh, yeah. and, and over the wire is a website. Legendary. Yeah. <laughs> legendary. That teaches you Linux. Um, granted it teaches you things that you're probably never going to use, but it teaches you that they exist and you might end up using them in your life, especially in CTF though. Cause CTF yeah. likes to get 
weird with Linux, especially. Um, but yeah, things like over the wire uh, at White Hatters, we do a lot of Pico CTF, yeah, which um, which is amazing because it does have the very very easy like quote or one equals one SQL injection. And I'm forgetting the comments. Yes, I'll add a comment at the end. <laughs> you do have that. And then you also have the hard ones. Um, there are hard challenges like in the last, and this year's Pico CTF, um, which is by the way, live at all times. And they also do once a year, they do their big main event. Yeah. Um, there was one challenge that only one team worldwide was able to solve. Um, uh, yeah. I, don't, I think that changed after it went into their like practice arena, but during the CTF like weekend, it was only one team that was able to solve. I think it was actually like a CTF month the way because CTF <laughs> does it. <laughs> only one team was able to solve it, which is pretty interesting to me. Um, and that was in our team. So <laughs> Pico CTF is, is, is one of the few CTFs um, that uh, is really accessible to, to new people. And um, I mean, so Pico CTF is uh uh, hosted out of Carnegie Mellon, um, and um, certainly, you know, some PPP members are involved in that. Um, and David Bromley uh, uh, helps start the Pico CTF, I, I believe. Um, but I know he definitely runs that uh, uh, that CTF, and they 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 put a lot of care and effort uh, into making sure that it's accessible. Um, and I think that they've actually done evaluations on it as well. Um, and so like, it's extremely well done. If you've never gone through it, uh, it's one of the nicer looking CTFs. <laughs> Good UI um, on there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very approachable. It's a nice UI. It's not like, I, I mean, I remember going through some of the CTFs, like CTFs are not the same as when I like started yeah. doing CTF back in 2010. Like we used to have distraction channels with like, not suitable for work content <laughs> and everybody had to have a distraction stream. Uh, if you're, if you were running a CTF, you had to have a distraction stream. Like it had to be a thing. Um, <laughs> and everybody was on IRC. So everybody had an IRC client and, yeah. and had, had it up because they were probably going to give up some, you know, some hints and you had yeah. to be on IRC in order to get it. And, so I guess uh, our equivalent of that would be Discord now, because every CTF you had to sign in on Discord and log in. So that's yeah. our uh, Zoomer equivalent, I guess you can say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, the CTFs the CTFs has changed so much, and they've gotten a lot better, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but the the exponential of difficulty has gone up, and there are a few that have stayed up that have. Uh, lasted the test of time like pico ctf uh yeah. where they've they've continued to iterate um but yeah the 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 ctf journey is uh like one of the most important things i think a student can go through um and even after student like being a professional ctf like it's such a uh rewarding thing um yeah and uh if, if you've never done that stuff I highly encourage it. If you're looking for teams, then in order to play CTF, there's tons of them out there. Yep. Um, and uh, that will cater to both uh, new and uh, old CTF players. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the CTF realm is, is, uh, is a lot of fun. So a common misconception about CTFs, especially when you transition from like Pico to 
you know, I want to, I want to say real CTFs because Pico, <laughs> Pico yeah. is really made to like introduce you to CTF. Yeah. Um, it's, like it's this designed is to get you is. like a confidence and it's also designed for people that maybe in at high school level, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, sure. There is some, like, I remember during my time, like, um, there was, a uh, a team, uh, I think it was, uh, zero 64 C bread and they were part of, uh, Thomas Jefferson high school and they were, they almost made it DEF CON. <laughs> I think uh, like the next year, most of those, those students did end up going to, to DEF CON. Um, but I mean, those guys were pretty elite, <laughs> uh, but yeah. like getting, getting high school students involved or middle school students involved, like yeah. you can get there at that level with, with Pico CTF where most CTFs, um, they're designed for professionals. Um, right. and right. it just so happens that a lot of universities play in them as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and also they do specifically market Pico CTF towards high schoolers. So, yeah. um, that is something, but, you know, if, if it's your first time playing a CTF, even if it's not your first time, I still recommend Pico, but regardless though, transitioning out of Pico and into like Seesaw or into like any of the Friday CTFs that are available, like the weekend CTFs, um, you'll notice that with Pico, you solve a challenge in about five minutes tops. <laughs> Some challenges, obviously, as you start learning or as you start getting in the harder tier of challenges, they start taking longer. But, um, like a real CTF is never like that. Um, like the challenges are, will take you two hours, three hours, four hours until you're like, Oh, now I understand CTF. what's going on. <laughs> exactly. In professional CTFs. So, so that was a thing that, um, I know a lot of white hatters go through, especially yeah. right now. Cause we have our like beginner sessions. Um, we'll do a lot of the beginner stuff with Pico. And then when they feel pretty confident and, you know, they played around with the web stuff, the binary stuff, the, the crypto, what, whatever CTF, you know, concept exists. Um, and they feel confident in that we start moving them up to the, to the advanced, I guess, group where we're playing in professional CTFs and they're like instantly distraught because they're, because they can't figure <laughs> out anything in the first 10 minutes and they're lost yeah. and you'll see them like pulling their hair out. And I'm like, just take it easy. This is normal. Everyone's in the same boat. <laughs> so yeah. One of the so, problems we always had, uh, during my tenure was that, uh, essentially we would, we would challenge hop all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you see that where it's like, yeah. all right, well, I don't, I totally like, instead of just pushing through. Right. So when you start off at a professional CTF, like start off with those lowest challenges, the hundred point challenges or yeah. whatever that might, you know, easy challenge number maybe. And yeah. like, if it takes you the whole weekend, that's totally okay. Right. You solve the challenge. It took you the whole weekend. That's totally all right. Like then go back and look at the write-ups, learn from the other CT, like other challenges yeah. and then move on to the next weekend. Right. And eventually hundred point challenges will take you a day to do or a few hours to do. Right. <laughs> and then now you, you graduate to 200 point challenges, 300 point challenges, 500 point challenges. And like, if you, if you challenge hop, uh, you never end up getting the most out of the CTF. Yeah. So when you're doing CTFs, like always start off at the lowest and like, just, you know, pick that challenge that looks interesting yeah. and, and stick with it. Um, and you end up finding more success that way. Um, I, I, I definitely agree. I do see that, 
Um, it's a very common thing with the new the new CTF players yeah. to do. A lot less common with the people that have been doing it for a while. But what I also noticed is, well, what I push for at least in, in WCSC now is uh, if I know someone that does a lot of binary exploitation stuff all the time, and I'll tell that person and I'll say, okay, today you're doing zero binary exploitation <laughs> and you're going to stick on the web exploitation and the CTF. And then that person does get mad at me <laughs> for doing that. But at the same time, um, I do want people to like think of a C cause cause CTFs are really like you hear it's a competition, right? You want to win, but at the same time, like CTF is really made to teach you. Like you, when you, when you think of it as a competition, you, you forget that you're there to learn. And what happens is you want to do what you're good at. So when, when people challenge hop, they're really trying to find something that they know already. And yeah. they try to, they try to, you know, get the points for it. But what you really, your goal should be out of a CTF is to learn. So like, I, I consider myself as like a jack of all trades when it comes to CTF. Cause I, I don't challenge hop like for like, for example, for the less, less important CTFs, like not seesaw cause seesaw you have to win, you know, cause it's seesaw, but for like a <laughs> CTF, like a weekend CTF, uh, for one of the professional CTFs, what I do is I try to focus on one topic and no matter what, like this hack the box one, I was honing down on web and I did like all the easy ones. And I, and I think I, I, I got one or two of the medium ones and I called it out. I mean, I was working full time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, so like that. And, uh, and I pushed that to all the white hatters that way they're forced to stick to one challenge, the easy one, most likely, especially if it's a new topic and then like, you'll find them, they'll solve it. And, and they'll, they'll be like much more stoked about them solving something they've never known how to do before than yeah. whatever they're doing, like something they're used to do, which is, which is always, you know, it's cool to see. And you'll see them like do that thing on their own time as well, which is nice. <laughs> Most of the CTFs that we played was, was, was more binary related. And I, I remember, uh, many times there was this, like this running joke for a while. Uh, and what happened through IRC where it's like, people would ask like, where's the easy challenges? Like, when are you going to release the easy challenges? Where's the web challenges? <laughs> and I remember, I don't remember which CTF it was, but there was this, uh, it was a really cruel, like awesome C CTF <laughs> challenge where um, people ask for the web challenge, the easy web challenges. And uh, uh, I think it, they, they made it like a, you know, the easy challenge, like hundred point challenge. And it ended up not being a web challenge at all. It was a binary challenge. <laughs> yeah what's yeah, nice like, about oh, ctfs yeah. now is they do they do split it up where the difficulties are spread amongst all challenges so yeah. you have the easy through hard on each on each uh <laughs> concept which is cool but you know like we talked about earlier that that's changed though so <laughs> easy yeah. is not really easy anymore <laughs> for, for certain people but yeah i felt like easy wasn't easy when i was around and <laughs> You know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's one of those things where like everybody's getting much better in the security space and, uh, there's a higher expectation and, um, you know, university teams are considered professional teams at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few like CCDC, I think that's CCDC is a lot different. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, CCDC tends to be more university related. The, um, I know that you guys played in this NSA, uh, competition. Yeah. Cyber that's, that's more of a university, uh, related, uh, exercise. Um, and those are needed as well. 
uh, and they used to have those. So during my, my tenured ship, um, they didn't really have those as much. Like you had CCDC and that was about it. Uh, and then CCDC got a lot of traction because UCF won a few times in a row. Uh, and then that kind of winning. Yeah. Yeah. They're back to winning. Um, uh, but, uh, they, like they kind of helped build the CCDC, um, sort of their, they helped build their like credibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, because of that, it, it's, it's allowed other, these other competitions to kind of get noticed. Uh, they may have been there, just not necessarily noticed as much. Um, uh, I remember during my time, we also had like the miter, like IOT, like city, uh, challenge that was kind of cool. I don't know if they mm-hmm. still do that. Um, not sure. But, uh, before my time, I learned that there was actually a lot of those that went on and there was one, like really, there was this, um, uh, someone had told me about that, uh, white, white hatters used to play in this competition that was a digital forensics competition. It was the coolest thing, right? Like what they would do is you'd sign up for the competition and then they would send you these things like through the mail and (laughs) like you'd get like a, a like a CD and it'd be like, you know, broken in pieces and you got to get the information off of it or wow. Yeah. Or like they would send you like a hard drive that was completely, you know, borked and you had to get the, you had to try to get the information back. And we did really well in these challenges. Like if you go back (laughs) and like, look at our like old, like logs, um, we did really well in these, um, but they don't do that anymore. Like, um, yeah. but those sound like super fun and, and totally interesting. Right. Um, but now like, you know, we're <laughs> the, the CTF is more like the standard professional stuff. Yeah. Um, at least that you see, like maybe, maybe those things are around, just not necessarily known, but, um, Yeah. <laughs> also also i want to add like with uh with with covid happening and everything going online like things like like even the the ctfs that were in person like seesaw like stopped stopped being in person and it just felt so much more disconnected yeah and you're just like like things like joining discord and like i guess irc in your case <laughs> was <laughs> mandatory like you had to join discord and join their like their stream on discord and listen to what they had to say before you started playing and it just didn't feel the same and i i guess you know you can't have the nice things that we had back then uh, anymore <laughs> but it is what it is yeah uh, you know def defcon ctf um uh i think there was like one year it didn't you know, during COVID, I think it was like the last, the last year that, uh, order of the overflow did it, um, that it wasn't in person. And like, I felt bad for everybody. I, I mean, certainly like anybody that gets into that competition has yeah. worked their butt off to do, to, to get there. Um, so it, you know, it really feels bad when it's like the coolest thing about that CTF, uh, and even getting in is that when you sit into the room, you're like, you are with not just the some of the most elite people like from the CTF <laughs> realm, right? Yeah. But like a lot of times, like that is like nation state like hacker meetup. <laughs> yeah, Where- that's the thing. That's why I giggled the first time because I, I like it's 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 so it's such a cool feeling knowing that you're one of the. I mean, I don't want to say you're one of the best. I mean, probably. I mean, whether you win or lose. 
you become the best. Um, but you're sitting with the best, like not just nation state, but like, like you said, everyone, like the best elite CTF players on in existence at the moment, which yeah. is just, it's a cool feeling. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting feeling that I don't think I'll ever experience, but it's nice to hear about. <laughs> Yeah, like go, going around and like, you know, from my time is like seeing Geohot and uh, and Loki hearted um, and and seeing like what crazy things they could do, like knowing that let that Loki hearted basically won Defcon CTF by himself with everybody else just doing defense. And the dude doesn't even like open up. He doesn't use Ida. He doesn't use Binary Ninja. He doesn't use, you know, there wasn't Ghidra then. Or at least uh, wasn't Ghidra out in the open, <laughs> and um, he he would just hex dump, right? <laughs> One dude wins DefCon CTF with just another, you know, all of his other uh, other people on DefCore, like all those guys were just playing defense. He was the only one on offense, and the dude literally all he did was hex dump. He was like, we're like. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> so thinking about it in that sense, I guess <laughs> makes you feel kind of bad because, <laughs> because you think, you know, because you don't think that you're ever going to be at that, at that level. Right. Yeah. But I guess you can think about it in both ways where like, Oh, I'm never going to be there or I want to be there. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, you can you know, both ways. <laughs> yeah. You can hopefully think about it in the ladder in the ladder. So, <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is interesting though when when you hear about stories like that, where yeah. the person is just so far ahead of everybody else that you think like, okay, at least I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> like as a team, I remember we like we almost got close to to um uh to qualifying. Whiteheaders almost got close to qualifying for for um uh, DefCon CTF. Uh, one of the years that legit BS was doing it. And um, that was the same year. I think we came, we ended up at the end. Like at one point we were like in the, in the tens. And then I think we were in the fifteens and I think we ended up like in the twenties, twenty fives, which is still really good. Like super uh, awesome for DEF CON sure. CTF, uh, but uh, didn't make it unfortunately. But um, that was the year that um, Geohot playing as uh, Tom Cruise by himself, almost qualified for DEF CON. <laughs> uh, and it was like, holy smokes. <laughs> uh, That's amazing. Cy cyber legends. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, it's incredible to see the, what uh, talent is out there um, uh, for CTS as well. Yeah. Um, and being able to be a part of that community. And um, like you said, like, it's nice to be able to go and like have CTFs in person um, yeah. and meet those people and, and uh, see their strategies and, and know what, know what uh, uh, like no one, I didn't certainly know that Loki hearted didn't use Ida, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just happened to be like at the booth and like seeing what he was doing. It was like, Holy smokes, this guy just hex dumps all of his binaries. <laughs> um, and, and seeing that process, right? So it's like, um, that's another thing with CTFs. Uh, I think it was starting to get better where there was more in-person CTFs and hopefully that improves. And, and uh, 
get all the hackers out of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and uh, be able to share ideas. And um, that would be something cool. I think I know Jordan Wines has always tried to do this. So Jordan Wines, he uh, runs Vector 35, who um, creates the tool uh, Binary Ninja. Um, but uh, he's always wanted to try to get uh, CTF into like esports, right? So how can we transition CTF and hacking into an esports competition? Um, and oh man, that would be so amazing. But <laughs> we tried it so many times. Like uh, CGC tried that and spent ton- tons of money uh, trying to make that interesting. And sometimes it can be really yeah. hard to make it interesting, but hopefully we'll get there at some point. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say that for the majority of people uh, looking at hex dump or looking at other people doing hex dumps is not as fun. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's four hours in a row. <laughs> yeah. But, but, I, but I can, I have seen like live fire CTFs be streamed. Like Hack the Box does their like battlegrounds and yeah. they stream those live. And those are really interesting to see because it's not like a, it's not like a CTF in the generic sense where you download a binary and you work on it. It's a, it's kind of like an attack and defense type of scenario where Mm -hmm. you can see when they root the box, like you can see them root it live and the vulnerabilities are generally pretty mediocre difficulty to hard. So there's no, like there's no easy vulnerabilities, but um, what's cool about it is like when they stream it, they stream it on Twitch, by the way, Um, they alternate between the screens uh, of whoever's like the most active, I guess you can say. And like the, the, and they have like announcers and stuff. And I think one of them is Ipsec. He, he does like hack the box content on YouTube and yeah, he works. Yeah. And he, he's, he's, he's a legend, but, um, yeah, he does, he does, they like to commentate over it and it's actually interesting. Like, cause you get to see, I mean, I feel like you have to have a certain level of knowledge of what they're doing to understand. But at the same time though, um, they have like hack the box has like the huge like pop-ups so it's like uh user hundred points and it's like for team <laughs> that and then like they have to fix it because they lose points when someone get, grabs their flag and it's pretty it's it's a, it's a really cool thing that they started and i hope they keep going with that it's a really nice thing to see yeah yeah that, that's awesome like uh definitely none of that during my time um, yeah it's it's fun <laughs> yeah and like that could be applied to a few things like even like uh ccdc and yeah uh students uh the whole streaming process i think would be really awesome uh and certainly would give more credibility than it already has um yeah uh and it would be super cool to watch um that's that would be a, a you know just a challenge out to the CTF community, not just uh, <laughs> making making CTFs more approachable, but also making it to where um, it's fun to to watch um, yeah. and to build the community even even more. Um, I think CTFs CTFs has been the crutch in a lot of cases for right. university teams to get better, and it even for professional people. Um, and I think it's one of the most, one of the more important things from the security, like security in general, uh, of, of improving over time, yeah. doing crazy challenges or making challenges, um, and seeing, seeing how you approach a puzzle, right? Yeah. Um, it's, 
It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it, 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 it is. And what's even cooler is that you'll see that your solution is never the only solution. And when you, yeah. when the write-ups come out, there's like a hundred ways to solve that same sort of puzzle, which is always really nice to see. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, is there any uh, specific CTF challenge that sticks out to you that you remember that you're just like, yeah, that's, that's my favorite challenge. Favorite or like one that blew my mind. Um, I, I mean, I guess it could be either like blow your mind favorite. I, I would consider that pretty much the same. All right. Um, so this one, <laughs> this one had to do with, uh, so it had to do with, you had to get code execution on this website. Um, or like the, the, the instructions are pretty clear. You get code execution and the flag, you can cat the flag. Um, so, so what it was, it was a, uh, it was a hacked box ETF and it was, uh, I guess I'll just leak it. Um, that it was a Docker instance or it was a, it was, it was a GitLab instance that was running inside of Docker. So you had to get code execution on GitLab somehow to get on the Docker and then escape from the Docker. Um, so, so I didn't know any of that going in you just see the GitLab instance and you want to get code, code execution on GitLab. And what was really cool about it is that, um, yeah, there's like a proof of concept, sort of not really a proof of concept. You have to find the hacker one page where the person submitted the vulnerability on GitLab, the certain version version of GitLab. But what's cool about it is that, um, looking at how that person found that vulnerability is absolutely mind boggling. The way you broke it was through uh, an LFI that you can get a secret. I'm trying to remember it from the best of my ability. You had to do an LFI, which was already as confusing as can be with the payload, at least, <laughs> which will let you download their secrets file um, that you'll obviously target. And then you had to set up and spring up your own GitLab instance and then update your own secrets key to their, the, the, their, uh, GitLab secret key. And then now you have to, um, encode your payload inside of the cookie on startup on, on your own instance, take that cookie, submit it as the cookie on like you pull up through burp suite or something and then submit that cookie. And just by refreshing the page, it'll execute the code which will throw you into Docker. And then from there it was Docker running as, um, as as the GitLab user, so you could just create users. So you can, you can create the root user, and then um, you or you can just change the root user's password for GitLab and just log in, and you have like their SSH key, and you can log SSH in. But what was really cool about that is that, like, I would have never thought to, like, I just don't get bug hunters and how, like, why, what would bring him to test that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah, let me just throw that in my cookie. Like, like yeah. and then get like full on like remote code execution every single time. It's just insane to me. And like the process <laughs> is very long. Like it's not like, Oh, I accidentally like fuzzed it out and found it. Like you had to like know that it existed. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, it just, it was, there's so many steps to it that it just absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Like, it's always those, especially like hack the box. And, uh, I remember, uh, do they still have Vulnhub? Yeah. Vulnhub is, is still a big one. Yeah. But, but the difference yeah. is that hack the box hosts their own machines where Vulnhub yeah. you download like yeah, you, you download machines. Your yeah. 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 Um, 
yeah, I, me- I remember doing those and uh, watching the YouTube videos with uh, Ipsec and and just seeing some of the wild cha- like challenges that you'd go through with those and yeah, uh, yeah, some people just come up with the wildest things like um have you done any of the like uh like linux uh, uh like bash bash jails yeah yeah those are <laughs> so the, cra- awesome. the crazy bash jails <laughs> <laughs> no, i had one that was it was a full-on shell and like it's this one is actually pretty interesting that you now that you reminded me so it was a it was a tty okay like you you could control c you could you could do anything it just felt like a regular shell like you ssh in right yeah i uh, guess guess how you escaped you hit control d and it oh brought you into a python shell it was python <laughs> the entire time so there was no way for you to know like i just don't know yeah. how i would have figured that out. it was a python shell the entire time you hit control d and then whatever it was like exit uh, parentheses <laughs> and now you're in a regular shell now's your escape and i was like what like you would never like on a regular shell you just don't press control d ever yeah so, yeah. so that's that, that was insane to me that was pretty fun <laughs> like it was, a, it was such it's so easy to do you just you wouldn't think of it because that's when you've that probably you... done a like that one that one person who's done a lot of these like shell shell like jail problems and this has like an automated script <laughs> yeah <laughs> and has every escape key just mapped out and you're just like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think i definitely i think actually speaking of all of this in scripts i think writing script is one of the most important thing about ctfs um and like ch- like defense competitions and all that like if you, if you don't know how to write scripts, like learn Python, learn bash, learn something, yeah. learn a scripting language and like try hard on that. Like go, go really hard. Try to learn how to do it as fast as possible. Um, I do want to say like a lot of my CTFs we won or we got close to winning because we've automated everything like right. <laughs> or the big parts. I mean, that's one of the things with like that some people may not realize um, if you've never seen DEF CON CTF or or like the professional CTF in that realm. Yeah. Um, many of those teams that are at the top, they have some of the best tools in the world um, yeah. that they make on their own. Um, yeah. You know, Shellfish, you know, at least when I was playing shellfish would bring bring like 25,000, $30,000 worth of equipment just for DEF CON CTF. Wow. Um, and that would run all of their backend infrastructure for their tools. And they had custom tools that were, that they made that was just to play DEF CON CTF <laughs> or to, to just solve challenges. Like I guarantee you like PPP has the same things and, yeah. uh, all the big teams. And that's one of the things that separates some of the bigger teams from, the other teams <laughs> is yeah. just the amount of sophistication when it comes to tool building and and equipment that they have. Um, but if you're if you're playing CTFs today, like you will do instantly better when the moment that you start automating on yeah. trying to find flags. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. No, I I completely agree. No. Uh, um, Oh, by the way, the GitLab thing, it wasn't like a CTF. Like the GitLab was an actual vulnerability in GitLab. <laughs> and, and like the thing that was crazy to me is like, how do you find that? Like, you know what I mean? So, that I, so, I so wait, was it a vulnerability that they knew about or that they were, so, they no, were it was trying to exploit? And patched, or it, was just... it was disclosed and patched. I think the CTF was hosting like 
the unpatched version, obviously. Yeah. So they yeah. can do it. But like, regardless though, like it wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't think a CPE was assigned yet or anything like that. It was like, you literally, yeah. the only place it was mentioned was the hacker one report. That was the only place it was mentioned and you had to go there. And the guy like got like 150 grand for it too, which is yeah. crazy. So, but like, I don't know. It was, it was, it's just the process. Like there wasn't, he, he didn't even explain the process. He's like, yeah, by the way, I got code execution after I found an LFI and it was through your cookie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty cool. There was always a legend during, during my time, um, of, of playing at university that, uh, uh, one time during DEFCON CTF, uh, um, Geohot uh, uh, used a a uh, F- Firefox O'Day. Um, it was like you know, it's like a million dollar O'Day at that point, <laughs> <laughs> and he used it at DEFCON. Uh, legend might be true, might probably not true, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. That's always fun. Zero days is fun. Yeah. Even, even like, so that, that's pretty cool though, that, that, uh, someone had a challenge out that was, that they made right after that they, you know, yeah. got a book bounty or whatever. Yeah. Um, that should probably be more, um, looked at as well, like whether it be hacker one or whatever to create challenges to get people to understand vulnerabilities that happen at the moment because, CT uh, like CVEs. Most people don't know what CWEs are, which is yeah. common weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, but CVEs, I mean, a lot of CVEs that are out there just bogus, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the majority of times, like, oh, there's a new CVE out. Like, what what does it mean to me? Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of times, you look at the CVE report and it's jumbled mess, and you don't really know what's going on. You've got to extract all of this data in order to figure it out. Um, and unless you have that knowledge and you've done it for a while, it, it can be really hard. But if you had something that was like a challenge, yeah, or you had a way of of taking that CVE and making it into something that's doable yeah. uh, and executable on a a system to be able to test your defenses, like that's uh a really powerful I've noticed, thing i've noticed a few of the the newer cbes start doing that like um it was the windows domain one with uh what was it called zero logon yeah zero logon was pretty interesting because the people that found it wrote a script that would essentially you know, do the thing, which was like null out your administrator password or your domain admin password, and then dump, do like use impact it and dump out like, uh, your domain credentials, like your hashes and usernames. Um, but then they decided to not do that, go down that route. And uh, other people were able to, you know, uh, weaponize their payload. But the initial one was um, what you just said. I mean, it wasn't a challenge, but it was a script which essentially, um, I mean, you see a lot of proof of concepts. So what's, what's nice about this one is it'll, it'll exploit the vulnerability, tell you that it's vulnerable, and then you, it'll revert it back to how it was right yeah. away, which a lot of proof of concepts don't do that. It's just like, here, look, run it, and now you root, and then it doesn't <laughs> yeah. tell you how to fix it. <laughs> right. So, so, or it doesn't tell you, like, it doesn't, like, revert the thing that it did, the damage that it did. It just leaves it. So, you know, 
take that concept and apply it to a CTF, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even going, you know, talking, uh, going a little bit, uh, back and talking about, uh, like the esports thing, there's always a, a pwned own. And I always oh, think of that as, yeah. you know, pwned own, like yeah. it's a different type of CTF. Like there's so many different types of CTFs. Like usually when I think of CTF, it's more of the you know, Jeopardy style, like here's binary, here's crypto, here's web challenge, here's uh, uh, recon. Sometimes they have recon challenges. Yeah. I don't know if that's still a thing. No, there's an there's an OSINT one in the in the last hack the box yeah. one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then you know you get the like so DefCon CTF is one of the only CTFs. The actual DefCon CTF is one of the only CTFs that's like attack and defend. Um, there's also ICTF that's attack and defend. And those require actually a more a lot more tooling, um, and so those can be a little bit hard to get into. And then you know you have things like Pwn to Own, which is like, here's a Tesla car, go find a route, <laughs> and it's all like fully patched, like just yeah. all O'Days getting dumped on Pwn to Pwn Own, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like just a bunch of companies that pretty much give away, like, give their their. Um, their technologies out and pay for uh, vulnerabilities that people find on the fly. Yeah. Um, yeah I remember I, the whole Tesla one, which is a, a, a JIT that was from the, the browser and it was like, holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> I always find the point on um, like the, the web sandbox escapes, like Chrome sandbox yeah. escapes yeah. always be like insanely cool, especially yeah, the yeah. one that, the really famous one where it was a Chrome escape that was inside of a VM that escapes the VM and gets code execution on the host. That was always insane to me. Like, yeah, just in time uh, vulnerabilities, man. (laughs) (laughs) Mind numbingly cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, well, I mean, we've talked uh, quite a bit about CTFs. Um, so we're running up on, on time. Um, but uh wanted to get your uh, uh, thoughts on our last question we'll have, um, it, which is uh, if like what what resource in the last year have you uh, found the most uh, useful? So you guys, you guys have heard me talk about hack the box this entire time. <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'm going to mention hack the box, even though hack the box itself is not new. You might have to say that you're not paid by hack. The box. I'm not paid by hack the box. I'm not a hack the box employee. And I, and I displayed in their CTF last week. And that's why they're like on my mind this entire time. But I do want to add that they added their new, uh, their new platform Academy, yeah, which I think is really cool because it does everything we just talked about. Um, it has that intro level of like, here's what a CTF kind of, but then it like takes it up to where you can like pen test. Like you can find the vulnerability without even knowing there is a vulnerability, if there is a vulnerability in the first place. Like, I mean, that's what pen testing is. You go in there with pretty much almost zero knowledge about the system and you have to figure it out yourself. So um, their modules are very like all levels friendly as well. So like, 
for me, even though I'm, I would say I'm more advanced on the offensive side as of right now. Um, even though I question that, even though I, like, I'm an OSCP <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't think I deserve this, but, <laughs> uh, so like there are modules when like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to learn the basics anymore. I can go straight into the hard stuff and it'll yeah. teach you that, which is really cool. And then, um, you also, uh, it's both offensive and defensive stuff. And it's, it's, it's just a really cool resource to have. Right. Um, and it's available and it, and it also has a, it has that little concept where you don't, you've spent tokens to join a module and you're not allowed to get those tokens back to join a different module until you finish that module. So that way you get that, uh, that no, no question hopping or whatever challenge. Right, hopping. Right. So you get this, you, you stuck with whatever you started until you finish it, which is <laughs> always a good I think it was a good incentive because now you, you literally can't do anything else. So you have to, might as well just finish it. Do they still make you, uh, uh, hack the website in order to, uh, no, uh, not anymore. Get a, um, especially oh, no. since they added Academy. I mean, hacking the website at the time was, Hey, look at our JavaScript. I, I mean, I'm, we can spoil it now since it doesn't exist anymore. It was like, look at our JavaScript and then look at our yeah. HTML tag and then look at our robots.txt. And then, Oh, there you go. You got the flag. Now you can yeah, sign yeah. up. <laughs> but but it was still cool though. It was it was a cool thing. I remember um when I first started, I couldn't I couldn't sign up. I couldn't do it because I didn't yeah, know how to yeah. I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so they used to do that with OS uh OSCE as well. You couldn't take the exam for or you couldn't do the labs for the exam uh without hacking the the website uh, wow. to be able to sign up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think now a requirement is doing the OCP. I think I'm not, I'm not sure for the OC, they changed the the whole format. It's, it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, the, the OSCE was like, if you, if you like binary, go do this one. And if you like red team, go do this one, which is OSCP. And yeah. um, now it's kind of like, I think it's mostly mixed. I think there's even binary stuff in OSCP, right? Yeah, no, it's it's part of the it's not guaranteed anymore, but it is part of the exam. You have to do a, you have to learn how to do a Windows buffer overflow on like an yeah. x eighty six app. It's it's <laughs> it is as easy as it gets. <laughs> but it, it is there though. Yeah, um, it's not a secret yeah. anymore, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah, hack the box is has turned into a really big thing, and it's awesome that it's gotten to that point. And um, like Volnhub, Volnhub was you know, kind of cool at, at first. Cause you had like the, you know, user generated challenges. And then I know hack the box started doing that. Yeah. Um, and like people have created a rep, rep like a, a reputation for creating boxes and, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's turned into a, a really awesome thing. So if, if you've never checked out hack the box, highly recommend it. It's a, it's, yep. a, it's a cool website to get started. Um, especially now that you don't have to hack the site in order to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always good. And, and, uh, I'll be happy to collect my check after this. If any hack the box representatives, <laughs> he wants a sponsorship t-shirt and <laughs> oh, oh, he's already like it for, you can't see the video of our podcast, but he's uh, showing his <laughs> hack the box swag. <laughs> he was sponsored. He just didn't say anything. <laughs> no, I, we won this in the last CT. We got first place, by the way, in the hack box CTF. That's why I was talking about it so much. We we won that one. No. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, we got a, uh, we got some swag for winning. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Well, um, so I think this will do it for the for the podcast. It's great to talk to you, Asim, and I'm sure you'll be back on the podcast at some point yeah. in time. But uh, thank you so thank you so much for having me. So that's going to do it for this episode of Overture, the Prelude Podcast. We'll be back again this month for another episode of Overture. If you like this podcast, please consider giving us a like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our newest episodes. Overture is distributed on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcast, our blog at feed.prelude.org, and on YouTube. We'll see you again this month. Till then, Prelude out.